Hey friends, I am so excited to be here today with my friend and brother, Matt. I met Matt through snow camps back in 2018 and his contagious energy spreads through camps and snow camps like wild. Welcome, Matt. Hi, I'm happy to be here. Yeah, happy to have you. Matt, can you tell us about your, your walk with Jesus? Yeah. Um, so it's interesting, like as I was kind of thinking about this podcast and thinking about my walk with Jesus, it's, it's, it's interesting to think about how your walk with Jesus is always changing um, and how there's almost different seasons to your walk with Jesus. And it's, um, you know, it's like God has, has been a part of my life since I was a little kid. Um, but the way that I have come to know Jesus um, has just been such an interesting journey. Um, you know, I, I grew up as a, as a kid in the Catholic church. Um, my parents, when we were young, brought us to mass every Sunday as, you know, good parents do. Um, and then kind of as we got a little bit older, um, you know, life kind of got in the way. My brother was a three season athlete and, so sports started taking over um, our weekends and, you know, they would start kind of not prioritizing church as much. And I was always very attracted to church. My grandmother, who was a huge influence in my life, um, was a very, very devout Catholic woman and um, is in a lot of ways where the roots of my faith um, started. Um, so as a young kid, I was always attracted to to my faith. And I, I was a um, altar server <laughs> as a as a kid, and yeah. I I used to love um, going and and helping set up for mass, and and yeah. would you know was so intent on making sure that I followed all of those rules of being an altar server so carefully, and like really took pride in ringing the bells during <laughs> mass, which sounds so silly, but. Um, it was it was so important to me to actively participate in in mass, um, and you know so as we got a little bit older and started drifting away from you know our family going to church, I always felt like there was still that longing to be part of the mass, even though I wasn't you know going every Sunday anymore. And um, the parish that we actually grew up in as kids had closed down um, due to lack of you know. Uh, participants and funding, the diocese kind of shut that church down. So I was kind of feeling lost. And, you know, thankfully, my my grandma um, said that it was a priority for my brother and I to make our our sacraments of, um, you know, we had made our first communion and, and had done that. And, you know, we we're kind of at the age where it was like, okay, well, you know, it's really important that you guys go get your confirmation, and then you can choose what you want to do with it afterwards. And that's kind of the famous um, the famous thing in the Catholic church of like, make it to your confirmation or your graduation as it yep. were, and then you can do what it was. So my parents would sign us up for a CCD every year. And then, you know, for my brother who is older than I am, he kind of, you know, had his confirmation and then never, I don't think he stepped church foot in the church again, except for, you know, maybe like a funeral mass here or there. But, um, you know, for me, that was when I really started to pursue my faith on my own was those years leading up to my confirmation. Um, I was in ninth grade and sitting in, um, we had life team at our church, uh, the church that I was going to. And at the life team mass, we really kind of focused on like your faith now is yours, mm -hmm. right? 
And when you choose to make your confirmation in the Catholic Church, you're choosing to accept Jesus Christ in your life and that you want to take responsibility for that. So, you know, as we're preparing for it, that ninth grade summer, I had made some friends in church and we had a good youth group. And um, one of my friends, Cassie, had said to me, she's like, oh, why don't you come to camp with me this summer? And I was like, no way, I'm not going because it was during the week of my family vacation. So that summer I didn't go and I, um, you know, I, I, I went about my summer and went on family vacation. And then the next summer, my friend Cassie said to me again, hey, we're, we're going on a trip as a youth group. Do you want to come? And I was like, oh, man, like, I don't know. Like, I don't know if I want to go on a youth group trip. She's like, just come, just come. It will be fun. So unbeknownst to me, we were really going to camps. Um, and, you know, so we get signed up and we go to camps and, um, and I end up having a fantastic week. And for the first time, really, uh, the flame uh, was kind of lit in my soul. I went back from camps and I was like, I want to go to youth group every week. And I started getting involved um, all in the same time was kind of living a double life, right? Mm -hmm. Of um, actively pursuing Jesus, but also actively being a really confused teenager. Mm -hmm. um, and the following summer, we went to camps again. Um, and that was kind of the pivotal point in my life of of when I decided to personally accept Jesus in my life. And um, so we were, I don't know, halfway through the week. And one of the speakers that they had brought into camps was this comedian. Um, and he was a Christian comedian um, making all sorts of jokes. And one of the jokes that he had made um, was about gay people. And um, I don't remember exactly how the joke went at this time. It was so, so long ago now. Um, but I remember just being so angry mm. um, and I was sitting in, it was in the morning session. So we were with our discussion groups and my discussion group leader, Andy was um, sitting in the group and I remember being furious. Um, and at the time I had said to him, I was like, Andy, why, why is this guy even allowed to be here? You know, I have an uncle who's gay and who I love very much. I, as a teenager was at that time struggling with having same sex attractions and and not knowing how to navigate that. And um, I was so angry. And Andy, in the most loving <laughs> way possible, goes, why don't, why don't you stand up and say something about it? Mm. <laughs> and like, basically called me to be like, well, you can sit here and be angry, or you can address him for it. And I, I ended up standing up afterwards, I opened it up for question and answer. And, and I had said, you know, I don't understand how you can project so much hate as a Christian. Mm -hmm. um, and basically it was like, listen, brother. And like, you know, essentially the way it made me feel was like put down berated and like less than, mm. and I remember being like, I just want to go home. Mm. Like I I'm angry. I'm, I'm upset. And it, it was like an uproar at camp that day. There were so many people who were also upset. Um, like there was so much tension in the room that one of the staff members actually like passed out. And we had to like shift our attention from being angry at this comedian, Brad, to like actively praying over this staff member who had passed out. It was just like, I left feeling like that left that session and I like couldn't even participate in the games that afternoon. I was so upset. Um, and um, Lorraine, one of the staff members kind of was like, you know, I think that you just need to take a deep breath, really, uh, you know, pray, pray about this, pray about this. And I was so angry and so hurt. 
Um, and I didn't understand why even, cause you know, I was 16 years old and, mm-hmm. and, <laughs> and your brain doesn't really process things when you're 16 years old. And, um, the very next day we had another speaker, Alan Chambers, um, who at the time was the president and CEO of a company called Exodus International, um, which is a, uh, or was a organization um, specifically for people who had same-sex attraction and who um, wished to participate in the life of Jesus. Um, And so he came and he spoke about grace and about God's grace and God's overwhelming grace um, and shared his testimony of how he was abused as a child and um, how he um, started having some similar feelings that I was feeling. And it was like, I was the only person sitting in this crowd mm-hmm. um, listening to his testimony. And, and it was like, it clicked. It was like, okay, so there, there's, there is a possibility for life of Jesus for me. Um, and at the very end of his uh, testimony, and he, he said, you know, I, I, I believe there's somebody in this room who needed to hear this message today. And um, I'm not going to ask that person to stand up or raise their hand. That person, you know who you are. Um, and today is the day for you to say, Jesus, I'm going to lay this at your feet. I'm going to give you this temptation. I'm going to give you my sin. And I'm going to follow you unconditionally. And I knew he was talking to me. And it wasn't Alan talking mm-hmm. to me. It was Jesus talking to me. And of course, I'm sobbing in the bathroom. <laughs> And, and that's when I gave my heart to Jesus, um, was in that moment. And, um, you know, in the book, uh, of John, um, it's, uh, chapter 16, verse 30, it says in this world, you will have trouble. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think that that's where we need to start (laughs) a lot of times. It's like, it's like, you're like, oh yeah. Like, oh, I gave my heart to Jesus and now everything's fine. It's like, I gave my heart to Jesus. You should know that just because you give your heart to Jesus doesn't mean that there's not going to be any trouble in your life. Oh, amen um, to that. Yeah. So, so, but it, what that moment did for me was, and, and, you know, I, I kind of, I did a lot of research right afterwards and I, I researched who is Alan Chambers, what is Exodus International? And, and, um, you know, the, the kind of message that Exodus had was the, you can pray these feelings away. Um, and Exodus has since shut down because they've found that that's actually done more harm than it has good, right? You, we can't change who we are, right? Mm-hmm. Jesus knew the plan that he had for our lives long before he placed each star in the sky, right? He had a plan for my life that did include same-sex attraction, mm-hmm. right? And gave me the choice to say, what are you going to do with it, mm-hmm. right? Are you going to decide to live a life following me? in the promise that I have for you, or are you going to live a life in the world, right? Um, where you're not going to follow me and you might not know, me, right? Um, it, it's written in the Bible, like, you know, greater is he that is inside of me than he who is living in the world, right? Um, and that's the path that I decided I wanted to walk, right? Does that mean that that's going to be an easy path? No, every single day is a difficult day. Right. And there's days that are far worse than other days. Um, but the one great thing about choosing God is that you get God. Yes. Right. And so many times in my life, 
like, has it just felt like an absolute mess, right? And I'm like, how am I going to handle this mess? How am I going to handle this mess? And then, you know, there's that subtle knock on the door, knock, knock, knock. And you, you, you open the door and it's Jesus, right? And he's like, hey, you know, I was in the neighborhood and I just thought that maybe I could help you clean up a little bit. And you're like, nah, not Jesus, not right now, because, you know, I've just got all of these things that I need to sort out. Um, we can have dinner next week, right? Like, and that's the dialogue that you have. And then like, yep. he's like, all right, I'll come back tomorrow, yep. right? And then like the next day he's like, knock, knock, knock. Hey dude, like there's there's stuff all over your living room. Just let me help you pick it up a little bit, right? And you're like, yep. nah, I got this God, I got this God. And then like the cool thing about God though is when you choose God, he keeps showing up for you, yes. right? And so yes. like God just keeps showing up for me in my life. And every time that I feel like I've taken a step back or I'm close to falling off the edge, there's God knocking on the door saying, mm-hmm. hey, I'm right here. Hold my hand. Let's do this together, right? And that has brought so much peace to my life. Um, it's brought so many so many opportunities to, to share his good news with others. Um, it's brought me a community of people who I love and who are able to lift me up in my journey in Christ. Um, and you know, God is just so good in all of that. Right. And so from this lost teenager who had no idea the direction that God was calling his life to now somebody who has direction and who has, again, you know, good days and bad days, but every day is with Jesus mm-hmm. and every day is a good day because of Jesus. Right. And, Amen. and learning to say, you know what, God, this is yours, right? I can't hold the shame. I can't hold my sin. I can't hold any of these things. And what does God do? He sends his son yep. to die for all of that. Right. He sent his son here to earth to die for my sin, to die for my shame, to die that I can live in an imperfect life and still have salvation. Mm -hmm. And that's our awesome God. And so it, it makes the question of like, how do you walk with Jesus easy? I walk with Jesus because he is the ruler of our life. Right. And like, when we walk with him, we get the gift of him. Yes. Always. Always. And unconditionally, which is so great. (laughs) Amazing. Oh, that's, I've, so I haven't heard your testimony until now. And I like in, you know, detail like that. And that's amazing. That's amazing. Oh, I, I too, um, was an altar server. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I get it on, on like following and, and yearning, like yearning for Jesus. Um, growing up, my favorite service was the, um, Holy Friday and or Good Friday and Holy Saturday services. And I loved to serve at Holy Saturday. And people were like, but the the mass is so long, right? I think it was probably <laughs> even longer, like when I when we were younger, right? Um, but I just loved feeling so obedient to mm. him, you know, and and like the world tells us that you know, we need to be kind of like on the, on the cover of everything and get the credit, you know, oh, you're earned, you know, you owe, you're owed credit for this, but like with God, it's so different. We can just be a servant and be obedient. And that is more satisfying than like any type of 
credit that we would get in the world, you know? So um, I love how you described, you know, being an altar server and, and wanting to do that. Um, I can so relate. What, what does it, what does it mean, Matt, to say, for you to say yes to Jesus? Like, what is, if, if there's someone that's struggling, you know, I, I think we all get tripped up in like religion and um, our relationship with Jesus. What does it mean to you to say yes? And what advice would you give to somebody that's, you know, struggling to, to say yes and surrender? Yeah. Um, so first of all, um, it is a totally, um, it's a totally personal thing to say yes to Jesus, right? Like it is, and it's going to be different for everyone, you know? And I think the one thing that I will say is that like, when you say yes to Jesus, you get, you get such a gift in return, right? Like your simple yes is like opening up a door to a million other yeses, right? Um, So, you know, for me, that's like, you know, if you're, if you're struggling, like, know that, like, God already knows every big and little thing that's going on in your life. And there's like, so like, you don't even have to worry about that shame, right? Like, and for me, that was like, a, a huge part of it. I was like, well, I'll never be good enough for God. Like, mm-hmm. my life is messy, mm-hmm. right? Like, I've done some bad things. I've had some really bad thoughts. I've, I've, you know, I, I'm not worthy of, mm-hmm. of Christ's love. And it's like, no, son, I already know about those things. And I'm standing here with my arms wide open, waiting to give you the biggest hug Mm -hmm. and say, it's okay, my son. It's Mm -hmm. okay, my daughter. Give me that. Mm -hmm. Give me that pain. I want to take it from you. Right. And, and, and that can be scary, you know, but I think that taking that leap of faith and saying yes to Jesus will pay dividends over the, the, the fear that you're, you're, that's holding you up from saying Mm -hmm. yes. Totally. Yeah, totally. Um, one of my, one of my favorite scriptures is, um, Psalm 37 for take delight in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. And I used to take that as God's going to, give me something, right? I thought about it so, you know, worldly, like God's going to give me something, but, um, a friend, you know, broke it down for me and I'm sure I've said it on many interviews on here. Um, but it, you know, it's, it's take delight in the Lord and he will give you, like he puts those desires in our heart when we walk with him. Mm -hmm. I, I, I think it's, you know, I think about communities, you know, that, you know, like the community we're involved in with, with camps. And I I just think about how saying yes to something that some people may say is crazy, right? Like they may say, what do you do? Like you went for a week with, you know, a hundred teenagers and, and no phones (laughs) and, and, you know, um, you know, you paid to go, like, what do you, what are you doing? (laughs) But it's, it like, to me, this, this scripture right here confirms that like, when we say yes to the desires that he gives us, that he put there, because he already knows, right. He already knows his plan for us. Just like you said, before he even put the stars in the sky, like he already knew. So, Mm -hmm. um, 
yeah, that, that the advice you gave, I think is, is spot on. Cause it's a, it's a personal decision to say yes to him. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and you know, and, and, and speaking of desires of the heart, right. You know, it's, it's one of those things. And I think something that, you know, I needed to hear when, when I was, you know, kind of struggling through my identity, right. Mm-hmm. It's like, now I know that my identity is in Jesus Christ. Amen. Right. Yep. Mm-hmm. And not in any of my desires of the world. Right. Um, and, you know, at first, you know, when I was first kind of going through this and, and realizing that like a, a chase life was probably going to be my only option, uh, at least at the time, you know, like when you give that desire to, mm-hmm. to, to Jesus, like those things can start to evolve and change, you know, and now as I'm, you know, getting older and, and, and continuing to walk on this journey with Jesus, it's like, well, I, I feel like God is calling me to a place where actually I, I feel like I'm called to be a father. Mm, um, so and, and that is leading me into this whole new world of, yeah. you know, of, you know, really starting to think about finding, you know, a godly wife, yeah. you know, somebody yeah. who is, um, is, is faith centered and, mm-hmm is, you know, is somebody that I could have a family with. And so it's like something that I never even thought would be in the cards for my life, Mm -hmm. um, you know, because I'm trusting in Jesus and, Mm -hmm. and the plans that Jesus has for me, like I'm, I'm finding myself being called to this, to this whole new thing that I never really would have thought would have been part of my journey. Right. But, but again, that's the trusting in Jesus (laughs) um, and allowing him to kind of, pave the way as it were and and trusting that he will put that person that right person in my life you know and and I have full confidence that that's something that is well within God's control mm-hmm. um and you know I'm adventurously expectant um that's, to see yep. to, to see where um where Christ leads me in that yeah. and you know with an open mind and open heart and and just remembering too that like as, as I move forward with that, that like absolute honesty and vulnerability is what is going to provide the roots for a successful relationship. Right. And like whoever my one day wife is, is going to have to know all of me. Right. And all of the messy stuff and all of the, all of the, you know, shame and guilt that I've carried. And, and, you know, that person um, you know, is going to be placed by God mm-hmm. um, because it's only going to be someone placed by God that's going to be right. able to kind of um, to see that, you know, God is at the center of it all, you know, and and that we are called to that relationship in the family one day. So I'm excited for that. And it's, you know, it's, it's again, that trust in Jesus, the trust yeah. that, you know, God puts the people in our lives who need to be there and, you know, that we show up at the right time for that um, and that we don't keep a blind eye to it. Yeah, no, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. I, I often um, think about, you know, first Corinthians 12, where, you know, Paul talks about the, the body of Christ and how, you know, we're all different parts of the body, right? I used to think about church as a building and now I understand more, you know, when, when you accept Jesus, we carry the Holy Spirit inside of us. So when Amen. two or more are gathered, 
he is here with us, right? So Amen. <laughs> you, this is church, right? This and it's like right. this is church, and and we are the body. And you know, you said about vulnerability. I I too have learned, and God is still teaching me. And thank God for His grace and patience because <laughs> um, He's teaching me that, like, in order to be really connected to the body. I need to be vulnerable too. So it's Mm -hmm. like, you know, people don't know how they can love on you and help you and, and, and whatnot. If you're not vulnerable with, with, you know, with safe people, not with, I mean, it's, you know, there's, there's a boundary, but, but with other members of the body, right. If, if you don't share, like, what do you, like what you're struggling with, you know, or what you need help with or how you're lacking in, in some way, or you don't feel like you match up or, or anything like that. Right. It's, but when you, I have learned in some areas to be vulnerable and God has, you know, abundantly just blessed those areas because he's God. <laughs> right? Mm. Like, I pray for something and I'm honest about something. And all of a sudden it's like, God just totally outgives what my prayer even was. I'm like, just, you know, blown away by his goodness. And especially when we're vulnerable with e- with each other and then also with him, right? With those things that we struggle that are, that are, you know, shameful and, and make us angry and, you know, different feelings that, you know, aren't of God, but we still struggle because our flesh is still flesh, right? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, he's so good. <laughs> so good. God is oh so God good. is so so good. So good. Thank you, Matt, so much for being here today. And um and this was this was this was awesome. Would you mind praying us out? Oh, I would love to. Um Father, I just want to say thank you so much for the opportunity to um to sh- to share what you've done in my life, Lord. Mm-hmm. Um I am so so grateful um, that you keep showing up and knocking on my door, Lord, uh, that you never give up on me. And I know that you don't give up on any of us, Lord. Father, I just ask that like for that, for that one person, Lord, that's struggling to say yes to you, Lord, that, that you just remind them, Lord, that you already know. Yes. And that you're just waiting there, Lord, waiting, patiently waiting. And that you're there, Lord, and that they can say yes to you. Lord, I, I just ask that you continue to, to bless this podcast, um, that you, 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 you craft the people, Lord, that, that you, you know that their stories need to, to come to the light, Lord. That way others can see the great work that you're doing, Lord. So I just, I'm, I'm grateful for this podcast. I'm grateful for Lena, um, for trusting in you to, um, to do this podcast, Lord, and, and just, just continue to shower her Lord with your blessings. And, and, and I ask all of this Lord, just through your most holy name. Mm. I love you. And I praise you. Amen. Amen. Amen.